Yo, I'm politicking with the homie poet, Poe Politicking. Self-help meets hip-hop. That's fucking beautiful. What up, Poe? What up, DJ Period? Just two black brothers. I see y'all out there doing what y'all do, preserving the hip-hop culture and introducing the future stars. Keep shining, kings. Real and recognize real. Love is love. Salute. Yeah. PoePolitikin.com Welcome back to PoePolitikin.com, your home for self-help me hip-hop. Make sure you check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Amazon. Type in PoePolitikin, listen to my interviews since 2008. One, two, one, two, I'm place to be with Ron Brecker. How you doing? What's going on, bro? Friday, pre-gaming. Sunglasses and Advil. I would say... Uh, I got a, I got the daily question for you, man. See, see what you think about this question. Okay. Man, how you think um, Craig Parents would have felt if he uh, would have died over that two hundred dollars? Craig Parents. Yeah, on Friday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All that shit was over two hundred dollars. Like, damn, you can gave that man two hundred dollars. But he got he got but then too he got to cut through weed man like damn you killing him over two hundred dollars a week yeah um actually his he would have died over smoking yeah find out it was two hundred dollars yeah so crazy. it just show you uh the quality of life back then I know right life can change for two hundred dollars huh. so yeah Mister Wait what's your hometown where you from. I'm from uh, Staten Island, New York City, um, and downtown Brooklyn. And I had a part in South Bronx, but Staten Island is my um, is my route. And then Brooklyn, you know, if you got a uh, your grandma live over here, mm-hmm. grandma too. And my family is from downtown Brooklyn. My mom's moved to Staten Island, so the route is still on Brooklyn, and we on Staten Island. So you know it's a lot of going back and forth. So that's how that's that's why you hear it on autobiography. I had so much information because I was traveling be- between three boroughs constantly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Bronx, the Bronx is where hip hop started. You know, and Brooklyn is its own movie. And then Staten Island was this this uh, I don't know like early days they were trying to count us out but i guess we was like an inevitable asteroid coming to the earth when when the, um when that 36 chambers hit you know what i'm saying like we ain't we ain't been fronted on since you know <laughs> you didn't even know it's that many dudes coming out you know what i'm saying so it's remarkable so what are your what's your earliest memories of uh hip-hop my earliest memories of hip hop are the park jams. Uh, the DJs out, the whole community is out, um, and it wasn't really rap records out. It was the most hottest banging R grooves, and they had the breaks. It wasn't nobody rapping yet, so it'd be like. Jimmy Spice or Just Begun and stuff like that. So if the beat was, it, it fit our tone, it hit our young frequency. But most of it was like Good Times, Team Marie Square Biz, and then um, the MCing game. So that was my first 
experience. And how did you get into the game? My entrance to the game? No, how did you get into the game? Yeah. Oh, my homeboy. Uh, my day one homeboy. We still, this is ill. He was doing demos and stuff like that. That's what they used to call him, doing demos. And a producer he went to, I I was, uh, I could rap, but I was more into producing at that time. I had a Casio SK-1. It was like a little keyboard at 1.4 sampling time. So we high speed dub, <laughs> the double, like 2.8 or something like that. So you can imagine. And um, I would come to his sessions when he needed to do background vocals or crowd vocals and stuff like that. And, you know, just kicking it, you know, cracking jokes, bugging out, I was talking my ish. And um, the producer was like, yo, man, you talk a lot of, you know, what you do? And I was like, oh, I could do it all, baby. I just can't sing, like, in full detail. And he just he said, I want to hear you put a beat on. <clears throat> and he was like, let me hear you. And then he stopped it. He's like, yo, I might want to work with you. And, and that pretty much was me starting to do my demos. And that producer was DR, period. Yeah, shout out to DR period. Like I said, I um interviewed him back in the day, like I want to say 2010, probably like 10 years ago. Hey. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. my first studio though, my first studio experience wasn't with him. It was uh my boy, my boy Tim, Tate Master Tim, rest in peace. We lived in the same building and he took me to the uh, homie the other homie they were like my mentors and he had a studio in his crib i just told somebody about this so you got to think about 91 or something like that 92 he had a studio in his crib mm. this it was all on a laptop back then wow he was ahead of the game like a mug huh tech like he's he was ahead of his time so can you imagine someone Who's used to seeing a full-on studio come into a room and then see everything on speakers, but it's this little laptop. The metronome's clicking and all that. And that's how I learned how to do bars. Everybody has the same story. I don't, what's a bar? You gotta learn to count bars. So from that was my very first. Those guys were the mentors that kind of showed me this is how music recording goes and now you're an artist <clears throat> and trying to get me on and then from that point i just you know once once your homeboy is you know saying that the right plug come you get a little older and that plug come you just so as a professional that started at dr um studio next and then, and then you, um i read you a part of you was a part of next level and that was like a breeding ground of mcs and producers right back in the day yeah, especially it's like kind of like when you look back in retrospect at all the people that was there, it was like kind of like Charles Xavier School for Gifted Children. <laughs> X-Man, huh? And um, everybody, I, I guarantee <clears throat> everybody that um, probably is still going or have achieved, achieved some success, still doing things, their recording habits are probably still the same. They know uh, or 120 um to uh, this is your last day uh, but back then it was a lot of yelling you know what i'm saying it was like ah you know all that yelling stuff but 
we learned how to go hard. Uh, you had to learn to push yourself. And then when you got a lot of people and in one small space, and it's a lot of talent, it, you know, this group comes out with a song. So you hear that, and then you go, and you know what I'm saying. So who was a part? Who was all a part of the uh, next level? Uh myself, Smooth the Hustler, Trigger the Gambler, DB Elias, Christ, Red Sam. Uh, but you know, the that first set was that uh, Pain, Headless Horseman, Super Knocker, Flip City, Extreme Tension, Overlord Guest. Myself and then me and Guest was the Punishers at one time, and and uh, Fox, she wasn't on paper next level, but our manager managed her, and then the production company we was all like family, and they nurtured her there, so we all came up, and um, the L part was like me and uh, Fox didn't have stage names yet; the rest of them already had their. Their names, their monikers. We didn't have names, we was, but we were still cutting demos. So that show you how paying dues goes. Like we ain't here working, and you haven't finalized your stage name yet. And um, shout out to her, uh, Fox, aka that was her original joint. Uh, five, uh, she still got a line. I say from ninety two, ninety three. She said, uh, five foot three and getting bigger by the gun. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is when she was young. <laughs> so shout out to Inga, you know, shout out to all next level Rocco, um, Devon, Rafiq, ER period, because we all did something incredible. We got to travel the world together. You can't change. And then you had your uh you was like one of the back then you was like doing the thing like you know, I know Lil Wayne and Jay-Z, they do the they don't write down their rhymes. And I know you said <laughs> you were born in the early 90s. So how did you start doing that back then? Uh, I was being lazy because you're writing rhymes. You know, I was being lazy. And I'm writing so much. You know, you write down, and then you got to scratch all that out, or you erase all that, and then you erase so much, it just looked like garbage, and then you got to write again and start right. over. And I'm writing so much and messing up because I'm, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I'm trying to make sure everything goes in. And then I was like, I'm getting tired of this writing thing. Maybe if I, the more I remember, the less I got to write. That was the idea. And then it, you know, it just turned into this, let me see if I can remember some more. And then it became a great tool because now I can make moms on the spot, kind of like you got your cell phone, you can do whatever you want. It had that type of effect. And the L part was um, you can get edit rhymes right in your head on the spot if you heard a beat and that rhyme didn't go to that beat. But at the same time, I'm just working it out. I'm, I'm new to this gift. My boys is in the studio. They're looking at me like, yo, this is crazy. You know, this is real crazy. Dude is not writing this stuff down. Unbeknownst, I didn't know Big Jay was doing it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, probably, um, and I wasn't the first. It was someone before me. It was few people before me but in my era first like one of the first you know what i'm saying but it wasn't known then you was talking about the broken language flow yeah um i invented that flow that that's my flow um in the course of writing unwritten rhymes 
in your head, it sounds like a lot. It's like a long, infinite verse, but it might only been four, eight bars. And then when you get towards the end of the song, I'm short like seven bars, eight bars, six bars. And I'm still working this thing with in my head. I'm still new to it. And I needed to fill in the space. So I started doing this. I'm this. I'm the I'm the 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 mic ripper, soul stripper, you know, going into this just to fill up the bar slots. You feel me? So it became like a technique. Whenever I'm short, boom, 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 boom. And it sound good. And I was executing it, you know? And that's how that's how it started. It was all technical. But then the video, so it was a video called Broken Language, but you wasn't in the video. I'm in the video. I mean, you weren't like, it wasn't, it it wasn't uh, yeah. Uh, we, I think we was in Yonkers. We had a show out there. Shout out to Kenny T. And we was all out there for the show. And they played a song. You know, you had, you had a session. You played a song. Your crew hear it. And it came on. And I was just like, Wow. <laughs> partner, he looking at me. He's like, wow. But this is it's hot. But I'm feeling the way. Definitely feeling the way. And now I'm in an awkward, awkward position. It's like we team. It's that thing with uh Nas and Jay. You made it a hot verse. I made it a hot song. I was thinking it in my head, but I didn't want to say it to you. I was like, he might feel a kind of way when I say that. <laughs> I was thinking that in my head. <laughs> I'm just sitting there listening to the song. Can you imagine hearing it? And it's executed well. And you're kind of like... So, I, I don't know. It's most most awkward, you know, to be in. And, but I'm a team player. And then this record takes off. And then this record pretty much opened the door for all of us to get our deals. So it's the weirdest of the weird things. Hmm. But never had a conversation about it. And I never said anything about it for like 20 joints. But I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? It's the truth. Was it a remix? It wasn't no remix or nothing like that with you on it? They should at least put you on. They should have added you on the verse or something. Competition? At that time, it was at an all-time high. You wouldn't really want me on your records with you. But um, we did the Hustlers Thing remix. Um, it's still it's out there. If you listen to it, um, I go in the middle of him and Trigger. They're, I think they're doing like 24s or something like that. And they're going in. And I just come in the middle. I do my part. Because my deal had started. So basically, it's like now we got to start the piggybacking system. Mm -hmm. You know Gotta, he got to go because his project is going to drop after your project. So we have to start introducing each other. But, <clears throat> you know, when you're 20 and you're 19, you're all testosterone, you're all ego, and you're very immature. And it's about shining. Shining versus the business model that we're trying to do because we got to have more than one revenue stream. And by doing that, you got to have several artists. So, um, you know, getting on songs, is like, uh, I'm not on the um, the first Smooth album. I'm not on that. I'm on Trigger's album. 
but I'm on a remix to the Hustlers theme, which was on Smooth's album. And I did, I don't, I don't, to this day, I can't tell you how many bars I did, but they was like, keep going. I said, nah, that's when you know you're good because you'll never ever go, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> I know what I did. I know what my verse was going to do. And I plugged myself by saying my name at the end to promote myself. I'll say, why and, you, why you were by a rhyme record? Rhyme record, um, I was into science fiction. You know, I'm a nerd from the hood, but still nerd. Most, like most of the homies, you know what I'm saying? You see how vivid their imaginations are, you know what I'm saying, by hearing what they rhyme about. So um, I was into, you know, science fiction and like Transformers was out, all this stuff. You want to have like, you know, you always trying to have a fly name. I was like, I wanted to make a sound kind of robotic and <laughs> still, still like an MC. And it was like rhyme records. So the rhymes, the organic part, the records, the machine that, you know, spits, just spit like a Gatling gun. And then uh, one of my homeboys, rest in peace, uh, his name was Wrecker. Uh, so it was dope to me to pull his name, my name too. Yeah, it's funny. One of my one of our, one of the homies we interviewed, his name is actually the Gatlin. <laughs> you mentioned you said wow. the Gatlin. That's dope. I'm surprised I haven't heard that name early on. You know what I'm saying? Somebody should have been, especially when Gat came. I was the word for the hammer, like the Gat. So, yeah. Then you you was telling me. Um, so you say you was writing your you was uh doing the rhymes in your mind, but then something happened to you where you had to start writing them. Yeah. Um. I had brain surgery. I had a, uh, I had a seizure in the barbershop. I fell asleep in the barbershop and I woke up in a hot, like going into an ER. Mm. What's going on? I don't know what happened. Um, it's, it, it was, it's the craziest uh, uh, shortcut, you know, segue into something I've ever, ever experienced in my life. Mm. One day you're, you know, your life is going humdrum blah, 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 every day. It's starting to get groundhoggers. And then the most exciting thing happens where you could die. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, what just happened here? I don't even know what happened because it's a blank spot in life for me. Mm. Like old black and white TV, you know, you cut it off, you go push it and go, Ooh, right? It cut off. And then it cut back on, Ooh, it come back on. That's yeah. how my brain cut back on. Damn. So I don't know what happened. You could tell me anything. I didn't know what happened. I couldn't figure it out myself. I just sitting there in an empty ER, and I, you know, I got a, you know, tooth hanging out my mouth because they had to put a comb in my mouth to keep me from, you know, biting, severing my tongue and stuff like that. And they were saying you could hear all the joints and muscles in my jaw going. Like, yeah. like sometimes I don't even when people will tell me that you know, it even talking about it kind of triggers me back. I don't know, like maybe it imprinted in my head or something. Like, I don't know, but it was the uh, it was the most craziest thing I've experienced in my life, and I've seen crazy things. And when you get face to face with your own mortality, you're gonna you're gonna be different. And you come out of it. Your perception, my perception of time, is how I look at time is different. Um, to me, every day is Friday. 
every day I wake up is Friday, good or bad. And I'm using Friday as the, the moment everybody likes to exhale and rejoice. Every day is that for me because it's a blessing. That's funny. I asked you about Friday when we first started. <laughs> but um, it was it was a it was a long, long process. And it wasn't a cakewalk. A lot of life changing. Um, like really, like you could heal physically fast, but then the trauma mentally is still, you know, factoring and stuff like that. And um now with with that thing, I'm an epileptic. And I ain't never been no epileptic. You know what I'm saying? It's not my family history of it or anything. So when I seen that written on the paper, it kind of threw me for a loop. What does that, that mean? Like you have seizures. Like mm. I, I have seizures. I'm probably having seizures. Um like I have like I have them now, but you can't tell because my muscles is always tremoring and shaking. If I let go, it took me a long time to constrict my muscles together. So there's times I couldn't walk up the stairs. I I got stuck in a chair once where I couldn't get out the chair. My body just wouldn't cooperate. So when people come at me like, oh, let me hear you rhyme, I'm like, dude, you don't, I'm not all there today. You don't know what's going on. But uh, with the creator, because that also shows you, you might think you're important. But that showed me how small I am in the universe. And you, you know what I'm saying? The grand scheme of things and how much you're not in control of things. So with that being said, uh the tremors and stuff and seizures, it's probably a small price to pay to still be here, bro. And uh, what makes you feel one that like so what puts you to still do music? I I tried to attempt to do it and it just wasn't there. And I was forcing myself to do it. It's kind of like when a guy goes to jail and they get out and they're trying to catch up to the crowd for the time lost. And I just wasn't there. And me being young, I was hard-headed and your ego driven. And also you're trying to catch up to the person you used to be. You know, just like if you're 40 years old and you're trying to be out here in the street on the corner banging, you know, you look like yeah so you're just doing that and um trying to get back to it and it it took a long time it took a long time life you battling depression you know stuff like that and then when you hear verses and people like you you still around like that you know but it takes a lot some days some days just i get that feeling just you know but the craziest part about it, 1992, I stopped writing on paper in the back seat of the car with my homeboys, um, Doug and Overlord Guest. And we was going to DR Studio and I was writing. They heard me mumble. And I'll tell you why. This is the reason why I'm telling you. They heard me mumbling. They said, what you doing? You talking to yourself. I said, no, I'm going over the verse in my head. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm writing verse in my head. So that's their first time they knew about it. They even heard about it. But I said, I'm going to do this for like 10 years. And then I'm going to take my time and start writing. I'm going to really go in. 92, I stopped writing on paper. 2002, I had my brain surgery. And I haven't did that off the head stuff since. Mm. So the plan still went as planned. <laughs> I just didn't 
mean it that way. <laughs> it's such a dramatic fashion, you know? Yeah, so what, what you've been working on? Like, what are some of your current projects you've been working on? I'm working on a Brown Records solo project. A few other things. Really trying to um, put out some good product. Luckily, or thankfully, or creatively, uh, you know what I'm saying? With the creative blessing of letting me do what I do. Um, I got three singles out. They've all been good. You know what I'm saying? They've all been received. And people connect with it. And that's the best part. You know, when you do something and people connect to what you're doing. So that's like, that's one audience member at a time. So just doing those albums, trying to put out a nice catalog of music, trying to do some uh, other creative things like a short short film. Um, I have a photography book that's going to come out as well, probably around the time of the uh, project because uh, I do photography. I like I do a couple other things. Um, so hopefully that'll be well received as well. What kind of pictures you take? Uh, just urban, industrial, city, um, anything that catches my eye, like cinematically when I see it. You know, I you know I went to school for like I went back to school for a while. I was going to school for film and music, so the techniques it taught me. It's like I'll tell anybody if you you know you see if you go to a movie set, you see all this great stuff, right? You're like, I need all that before I can. I'm gonna tell you something. One. People like what I learned. Pre-production is like seventy percent of the whole game, right? Shooting is probably 10, 20, and well, about ten, and then twenty is post. So, if you got a good eye and you got lighting and you can cut, you got a movie. You just gotta learn the the steps, or someone show you, or or jogging rhetoric technique and terms but the whole trick in life if you notice you could do anything and not how they used to tell us you could be anything you want because i've heard if you do ten thousand hours in anything you're mm -hmm. a professional at it so you're saying um and then you do a lot on your phone too right yeah um i edit video and shoot videos on my phone most of the i do all my artwork i do my album covers um i edit on my phone and I, I shoot i do a photography yeah like um i shot the mates the, no i didn't shoot the matrix on my phone my um homeboy the real knots and um spade from republic they shot the video for me <clears throat> on the phone though which is dope because we kind of like to i hang out with dudes that are real techie but still, you know, still gritty, you know what I'm saying? But we just love technology. So we shot that on the, on the phone. He sent it to me. I edited it on my phone. Also, have a, I shot uh, I shot and edited uh, The Walking Dead on my phone, too. And most of all the commercials you see, I shot and edited on my phone. Yeah, you do graphic design, too, right? Oop. Don't you do graphic design? Yeah, yeah, that's how I... And yeah, I do all the artwork, you know what I'm saying? My posters, my um, album, single covers, and all this stuff really came from, you know, you know, back about 15, 20 years, you know, you got to go to somebody to get it done. You get to and, doing that. Like earliest on DR, he'd be so busy and you waiting for a beat. I'm like, man, I don't want to wait for no beat. I'm make my own beat. 
And besides, who know what kind of beat I want to rhyme better to than me? Right. So I ain't got I gotta wait or find somebody with beats or do my own beats. So now I'm I'm doing production. I need artwork. Either they can't understand what I'm trying to convey to them, or I gotta wait online forever. Who know my vision more than me? Me. <laughs> you know? He's um, like cutting the middle man out, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who now they distribute music better than me? Me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and it's all because I, I actually wanted professionals or, or set masters or they trap to do it, but they schedule and I'm not really about waiting. Mm -hmm. I'm learning, I'm learning patience now, you know, over the years, but you know, when you, Man, when you were young, it, it was like all my attitude was all or nothing, and I and I go all or nothing. Then it's not always the best recipe. <laughs> all right. So, what you got planned for the? What are some of your goals for the rest of the year? Well, first goal, probably creatively, is to get this project out. I'm trying to go 2020, but I think it's safe to say I'm gonna go top of 2021. Um, you're almost over already, really. Shit. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. It's like crossing the street to the next year. So, but um, just doing that, getting that project out, getting that brand up, trying to connect to more um listeners and audiences, and um get this music out because it's still even with the buzz is is doing. There's so much more, uh, you know, territory it hasn't reached, and I'm just learning that. Like the Matrix just um, made its whole website in Pakistan. Hmm. No way in the world. In my first rhymes, in my first studio sessions, could I ever think a record of mine? <laughs> Pakistan, you know? No, I think that we doing a whole radio You never know, though. You know, you know, like, and then the thing about it is it might be like, shit, it might, it might be a, a black dude out there stationed out there. You know, you know, you don't know who it is. It might be somebody, you know, it'd be yeah. weird like that. And then, you know, I'm working with MJ, you know what I'm saying? PR, super PR, MJ, Hip Hop Connects. That's the homie right there. She she really pushes my product. She believes in my product. She pushes music. And if it ain't broke, you know? Yeah, I know you, uh, I, I had Hotski on the show. Y'all work together too, right? Yeah, I I was just with him last night. That's why I got this shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got you right. Oh man, like I I was I thought that the the tequila wasn't hitting me until I woke up. <laughs> so yeah. And I was reading this that you kinda um when you first started you had a track with Capadonna. Um, we did, uh, which I didn't even know was this cult classic for years. Uh, we did the Tony Touch first tape 50. Yeah. And, um, we live in the same building, me and Kappa. Me, Kappa, and Street Life are in the same building, you know? Deck lives in the one six ooh, next time. Ray's across the street. Memphis down a block around the corner, you know? Um... 
I was in front, I think I came from the city of something. I parked. I was chilling in front of the building, and I seen this this Spanish dude with a ponytail and a um and a jeep. But I'm just chilling, you know, getting some air. So, Cap, the only blue they come out. No, Tech, no, it was Cap, my boy T. Came out the building. The Spanish dude comes out the car with this long ponytail. They're like, what's up? You know, they talking. I'm just, because I'm in the cut. I'm right here. It's all in front of my building. So he's like, yo, you ready? And then, uh, Cap turned around and said, yo, Rec, you want to do a mixtape? I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. Went to D&D Studios. Go in there. And the rest is history. <laughs> I didn't even, um, you know, you do it. I mean, we from Killer Hill, from the district. Rhyming, that's that's what we do. We, we put that pen to that paper, you know what I mean? And um, didn't know there was going to be some historic or, you know, a legacy with that Tony Touch. And uh, I think my, my brother-in-law told me, yo, this dude is still selling that tape like every year. Like, you know, I didn't know you didn't. We didn't know what mixtapes was gonna do. Right. You do a mixtape and it just go. <laughs> it just react and then, oh, this this is okay. Let's keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like if it works, everybody's gonna work it. And the mixtape era, the hip hop, probably one of the best things in hip hop too, because it launched a lot of careers. Then who's your who's your top five? I just told them that I, I don't have, I don't really have a top five. And I told them, I said, yo, if I listen to this Coogee Rap album, then Coogee Rap is the best. I don't really care about nobody. I'm on this Coogee Rap. I don't, I don't know. Because you could do your top five from everybody from when you was a kid that inspired you. But now you're older. And this top five is different from that top five. My only, my only suggestion to top five, I think it should be limited to decades, like errors. Because it looks stupid. Like, I keep trying to compare LeBron to Michael Jordan. But they do it. Makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It's just a conversation piece to get people to keep going. Uh, like, you can't compare. Jordan's NBA is different from LeBron's NBA. You know, yeah, y'all was more physical. But then you look at the average of incredible players coming in. Yeah. You know, because when you look at the NBA, right, You let's say you come in and you was, you know, you was the ish. You know what I'm saying? You was hot. You're number one draft pick. You got to think that everybody you playing against was the number one draft pick. Right. The, you know, and they all played McDonald's All-American. And they all was AAU. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They all was the best player of their high school era. So it's a whole bunch of number ones. So now it gets to the point where between genius and super genius in the room, you know what I'm saying? So players that me and you probably idolized got to the NBA and he lukewarm. But anything below them, they're killing. Uh, you know? Yeah, I would say, uh, what advice would you give to new artists as far as uh, building their career? I wouldn't sign this past because you don't have to. And that don't go for just new artists that go for um, artists in now. The power of the internet and di digital distribution is incredible. Like I said, 
near San Diego. I'm out here on the East Coast. And we're doing a full-on show. So for the younger artists, and this is this should be canon, they should not have to go through the pain and the suffering business-wise that we went through. No one really pulled our coat to what was going on. They didn't tell us the trappings. They just let you figure it out. Like I'll give you a jewel. You ever notice old people never tell you about what happens when you're old? Uh. <laughs> and, they, and they going through it. They don't even warn you. They just going to let you get old and go through it too. Uh, I know, right? Only thing old old dudes will tell you, don't you ever get married. That was the only thing they used to tell us. Don't do it. Don't do it. Everything else? Oh, they got to find that out for themselves. You know what I'm saying? So for young dudes, all the power's in your hand. You have, you have like, I have distribution on my phone. My music is distributed off of my phone. You could never told nobody that. You couldn't tell Cloud Davis that. Huh. that it's going to be on your phone. <laughs> you, know? you got distribution, your ownership of your masters. You control your marketing. You actually are your own marketing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Booking their own shows. A&R's, you know what I'm saying? A whole, it used to be like a whole floor with the A&R department. The A&R department right now is when I'm in the studio and rocking, I pass that L to my homeboy, who's been with me from day one. Shout out to Todd Boogie. how that sound? This is the one. So that one guy just eliminated a whole A&R department and he's spot on with the music. So that makes him an A&R. You know? So now the average was, you know what I'm saying, a whole record label, I don't know the total number of employees for a record label per building in the city, but now a whole record label can be run by like five people now. Yeah, I was going to say, how many people do you need then? Or yeah. what people do you need? Right? You know, say, how many people do you need? And then everybody's multitasking. You don't know an artist that doesn't do something else. So these kids only the 360 deal is, you know, that's the draconian deal. You know that they're not, they're not supposed to have access to all your revenue streams, but I, you know, when they get a piece of everything, you get a piece, you get exposed to and access to everything. So you got a guy to come out with a record probably two weeks ago. He's only on the 60 city tour who booked the tour. The machine is booking the tour already. Cause they get the money. Cause they get the money. And now, dead rappers better than live rappers. Yeah, that should be making me sad. How they be? I be hearing Prince music out everywhere now. I'm like, hey, you know that shit wasn't gonna happen if he was alive. Oh no! Oh, you had to really ask him. Yeah, he didn't play that shit. Now you hear his shit on fucking grocery store commercial. You like, what the fuck? I what are you doing on this grocery store commercial? Like, man, they playing my man. I hope that, you know, his family, the estate, get that money. Because, you know, he fought hard. You know, I didn't really agree with him going back. But he his fight exposed everybody to, oh, it's other stuff that goes on in this contract that y'all need to know. And you're gonna have to figure it out. 
and he pretty much championed the um, internet music selling. Yep. And then what would you like to say to your fans and supporters? Thank you for the long journey because I meet people and they be like, yo, man, I've been listening to you since this. And I, all I can say is, man, I'm humble and I'm thankful because I would have been like, nah, they don't want to hear that from me. And then people be like, nah, they want to hear from you. You know, they want to hear from you. They want they do, they want to hear from you because you left good. You just left with good verses everywhere. People do want to know, and people still want to hear lyricists. You know, what I'm saying they want to hear lyricism. And now with the internet, we can identify these you know these demographics for like me and you to to target. And um, I'm just thankful for that. I'm thankful to be able to do what I love. Um. I try to stay away from a lot of negative energy and the drama. You know, you get older, my, my perspective as an artist is different. You, I'm totally different because when we was younger, you do a show, right? You will stay there to the end of to the club close. She going to have your set over now, huh? <laughs> right yeah, I'll be elbowing the promoter like, yo, man, listen, well, put me on here, man, because I want to get home and watch Billions. <laughs> my, you know my series, you know what I'm saying? Like a cook, kick it, kick on my girl. You know what I'm saying? Thanks to that. <laughs> but I love the performing. Oh, I love the whole, whole creative process. And um, I just thankful that uh, the listeners, the audience, the people that really dig good music, mess with me, and they want to see me do more. And that's it. And the whole thing is to uh, continue to create dope product. Whatever you do, you got to make good product. You can't make bad product and then force it. You know what I'm saying? It's like food that don't taste good, you forcing it down their mouth. Uh, Although we see it happening, but uh, nah, you know what I'm saying? Ain't it. All right, bro. I want to say thanks for coming through politics with me. Bro, it's been a pleasure in any time, you know what I'm saying? We could do it. I'm with it. Conversation pieces, uh, subtop, you know, topics, you know, in, whatever, man. You know what I'm saying? As long as I could do it, when our times link up, I'm with it. I just want to, um, I just want to, um, thank you for allowing me to be on your own platform, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. Each platform with, you know what I'm saying, humble because you don't have to. Straight like that. Yeah, appreciate it. you. Got any shout outs? Shout out to the whole DCM Entertainment family. Shout out Ty Boogie. I shouted you out. I didn't forget you, brother. I got you. Um, everybody, man. Ray Boulette, Cage Lines, um, Carlu Productions. Those those are the guys that shot uh Autobiography and Lookout Boy. They shoot dope videos. Um, Red Dot Productions, Fan of the Beat, Fan of Music. Uh, Rob Swartz, Who Mag TV Distribution, MJ, you do an incredible job, baby. I see you grinding, and um, just be on the lookout for the Ron Record Soul Project coming up soon, and get the Matrix. It's out now on all digital streaming platforms. Get autobiography, get Lookout Boy, Ron Record. I'm coming. I'm coming with that fire. I got you. Check me out on IG, Twitter, Facebook. 
My handle is R-H-Y-M-R-C-K-A. Once again, R-H-Y-M-R-C-K-A on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The email is dcmglobal at gmail.com. The website is dcmdigital.net. In your mind, I walk in with words that scorch and the impact is awesome, rarely extorting. Every cell in your brain till the message is retained. The illest finally came, the rest sound the same. Synthetic, cosmetic, the gang's moon fed it. The 85 of street walkers thinking they riders. And then you got these riders that tell you what hood is. Ask for directions, don't know where the hood is. I got calm, unlock blocks and pop on. Infiltrators who got on through my art form. This is streets music like drugs I use it to escape the hell and the ones who rule it. With children kill children and project builders Over chemicals that made the government billions Meanwhile I'm watching who's scheming and plotting On my bank account and the jewelry I'm rocking Sneakers stay clean, I push big machines Oversized rims and mini plasma screens I conversate with teens, they tell me what they've seen The hot shit on the scene is gangster extreme It's in style to die and doing time to fly Your props were getting shot and pussy if you're not I look at them, stare back at them, then laugh at them Get scientific with it, then spit the map Adam, break down the whole compound with small atoms. If they understand, ready for war, get back at them. These gangsters that I knew, they told me not to do what they was physically doing, cause this is not for you. Cause they saw my future. I was like a computer being programmed with data from legends that live major. And this is what I'm made of. My mind stays in the state of 9-11 related, survival orientated. They keep me situated when drama escalated. I thank God I made it, cause many thank did not God. make it. And all my eyes see is what could have been me. A high school dropout. Killer that copped out, a John Doe found with his brains all shot out, or maybe a base head, Betty get instead, the smart kid that did dumb shit and wound up dead, it's deep in the streets with weirdos and freaks, maniacs and creeps, shake hands with the police, in the belly of the beast, the beef do not sleep, and I'm just trying to maintain what I've obtained, dealing with this pain, trying to avoid pain, things done changed since the last time Christ came, now they got microchips the size of a rice grain. The Poe Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash POAudio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power.